Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. We're in our series on the Word of God. You know, we're pretty much wrapping it up, and then next month we'll start a brand new series. But I want you to write down some of these topics as we get ready to get in this thing. We've been talking about the power, the validity, the strength of the Word of God. And I know sometimes in life it's not easy, but you got to know that the Word of God could change your life. Last week we talked about how the Word of God will change everything. The Word of God can change. We were talking about how God give, has spoken the Word to you to give you the ability to overcome obstacles, right? Gave you the Word. He gave you the Word of God to fix your attitude. That was a good one, right? It was like, oh, great, now my attitude's got to be fixed. Everybody's attitude's got to get fixed. The Word of God is the corrector of the attitude. Remember Cain, he showed up, he said, I'm bringing you this. God said, you better check check your face. (laughs) He was like, you know, God's God, you know what I mean? He ain't just going to deal with what we, we, sometimes he loves us, but, you know, we got to see this. And then what else did he say? He said, hey, I'll tell you another thing. He said, I can help you. I can can prosper you. I can bless you. I can be there for you. I can be your defense. How many know we need God to defend us? My God in heaven, we couldn't do this on our own. So the word of God's got a lot of it. Then this week, I started thinking about this, and God kind of downloaded some stuff I felt spiritually in me, and I want you to do this. I want you to write this down. You cultivate endurance through the word of God. Write that down. You cultivate endurance through the word of God. Excuse me, I'm going to explain that, okay? There's two things we start doing. When we start making this commitment to the things of God, This is very foundational this week, and I think it's very important, though, okay? I'm going to give you two ideas about cultivation I think can help you. First, we have to make a commitment to Jesus wholeheartedly. We have to make a wholehearted commitment to Jesus in everything. That means the Word of God's got to become first and final authority in your life. Now, I know we say it, and I know we sometimes are like, um, we profess it, but sometimes when pressure shows up, we don't look like it. You know what I'm saying? So this is not a this is not a negative like pow pow. This is like a okay, check up from the neck up. You know what I mean? Just like, hey, I'm checking. I'm this is what we're doing. This series is about and I know the word of God is I was in Bible school, right? And they have this whole class on the validity of the Bible. Most boring thing I've ever sat in my life compared to some. They're talking about Vulgate. I don't even know what this stuff is. Vulgate and canon and how they found these those Dead Sea Scrolls. And I'm like, I just believe the word of God, man. You don't have to prove it to me through all this, like, you know, Latin Vulgate found. And then they found it. And they, it was like a whole eight weeks of like, I was like, Wah, 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 wah. Not because I was weird, but I was like, I, I just believe, bro, I was lost. See, a lot, here's the thing. When you're lost and coming to God and you were lost one minute and you got saved and something, you, you don't even, bro, you just like, I believe the book. Because I was jacked up 22 minutes ago and now I'm saved, filled with the Holy, talking in tongues. I was like, something happened to me, bro. And if that book changed me to be like that, I'm going with the book. You don't have to convince me. I'm a radical convertist or whatever you want to call it. I'm just done. I, would it, I read the index from cover to cover. I'm in. The maps, the in, commas, I'm, I, I'm different. So I was good with it, you know, but I understood it. But what it was, it was producing the validity of the word of God. So once we got the validity down and we know it's God's word, now we got to ask ourselves, am I living that word? Or is it like, 
I'm going to live some of it, but then some of it I'm not going to live because, you know, some of it's comfortable, but some of it's not comfortable. And I'd like to live what I want to live, but there's some of it I'm not going to live. Well, I got news for you. You got to live all of it. And that's what I'm talking about. You got to go wholeheartedly in with all of it and accept it. Here's the thing. One of these, you have to purpose your heart. Write that down. It is a very strong statement. You have to purpose your heart to agree with the word of God. You must make your mind up that you're going to stick with the Lord regardless, no matter what or who or anything does or who doesn't. If your friends don't, you will. If your family doesn't, you will. If tribulation comes, you're sticking it out. No matter what, you're not going to give up the purpose of heart. Does that make sense? That means that I'm, I'm in, man. I'm in this thing with Jesus. Like, I'm putting the word first place, even when it hurts me. And what I mean by that is this. I don't have an opinion anymore because the word of God is now giving me my opinion. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stuff that you got to start almost surrendering to and go, well, I don't understand it, but I'm just going to go with it because it's the Bible. Amen? And there's a great story in the Bible in Matthew. I want you to look at this. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. In verse 24, we're going to read 24 through 27. A lot of you know this. And he explains in Matthew 7, 24, to hear the saying, this is having the right purpose of heart. Look what it says here. It says, he who hears, or therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine, so you hear the word of God, and does them, I liken them to a wise man. So right then and there, he's telling you, it's kind of like James. James said this, don't just be a hearer, but be a doer. Today's all about being a doer of what I hear. You know what I'm saying? This is today's about, you know, this is easy when there's no pressure. But when there's pressure, it's hard to keep some praise in your mouth. Come on, guys. This is easy when there ain't no mind thoughts coming at your head 100 miles. You know what I'm saying? This is easy when the doctor says everything's okay. This is easy. But when it's not easy, that's where I'm building cultivation of today for my tomorrow. You know, it's funny, I think uh, we were talking about it with the guys. I said something, I said, the only problem I always run into with anybody, and this is very important, listen to me, the only problem I ever run into with people is not that we don't know the truth. We don't have the time to establish it to become a truth in your life. Did you get that? This is why your daily maintenance is so important. We don't have a problem with finding the truth. We have a problem with time. Because sometimes something happens here, and I got to try to speed up a nine-month process into a one-week plan, and it's almost impossible for me to get it over to you, to convince you in the believing of what the Word of God says. Do you see it? It's kind of like this. Somebody comes, and we know healing's for you, but you get a report, it don't look good, and now I got to take somebody and crash course them in a five-year plan to try to get it over in three months because the doctor's saying the clock's ticking. This is about daily maintenance of your life, putting the word of God first place above my feelings, my emotions. My Look, I do it too. Come on, we all cried. We're all going to cry tears. Come on, man. I don't understand it. Rick Warren's the smartest guy I've ever seen in my life with this. I told you what he said. He stood in front of national news, TV cameras all over the place. There's like, Rick Warren, what are you going to do? You wrote the book. A billion people bought your book or whatever it was. Purpose-driven life. 
His kid went through the thing, and the news was there. Lights came on. Me and PL watched this global satellite from a conference he was supposed to be at, but the guy was in the middle of a mess, and he said, CNN, and all the cameras came on, and they were like looking at this guy going, your, 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 your son just stepped off the face of the earth. This is, let's see what the preacher's going to say now. You know, he's in, a, he's in a thing. And everybody was there to basically watch the guy flop, and the camera came up. What are you going to do with your God now, man? What about your Jesus? Explain your Jesus now to the world, bro. Boom, 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 lights are on. This guy sits behind the thing and goes with this. He goes, I'll tell you what. He said, I don't know anything. He goes, and I got a lot of questions. Never forget this as long as I live. I've said it before. He said, I'd rather walk with God with all my questions than walk by myself with all the answers. I said, what did that guy do? He said, I'd rather walk with God with all of my questions than walk by myself with all the answers. I said, there's a lot of stuff I ain't going to understand. You got eternity to talk to Jesus about. I don't know, and I don't know why. But I know I just got to keep putting my best foot forward. Otherwise, you'd lose your mind and quit a long time ago. Come on, man, let's be real. You just got to keep stepping in what you don't understand. Stepping forward and believing anyway, expecting anyway. Understand, some things I'm going to get, some things I don't get. Some things I know, some things I don't know. But I know God's still true. Amen? And that's what you get in your heart sometimes. Sometimes you just don't know. You don't understand what's going on. But look at this story right here. This is what Jesus said. He said, I'll tell you who a wise man is. Look at Matthew 7, 24. We're going to go. Therefore, I say to you, hear these sayings of mine. He's wishing everybody could hear. It's like Mark chapter 4. Hear what I'm saying. Please hear what I'm saying. And do them. So number one, I got to hear it. Number two, I got to do it. Got to do it. Got to be a doer of what you hear. That's James, right? Don't be just a hearer, but be a doer of the word. What's a doer? You're actively working the word. You know what I mean? That, does, that means when pressure shows up, you don't let your mouth go wild. That means when problems show up, you don't let your mouth go wild. Nothing good. This is, we're building. This is called conditioning. Okay, we're conditioning. We all do it, guys. Don't come out of here like upset, but just know we got to get better because the better we get at being doers of the word, the better our reflexes become six months from now when stuff hits, little things. Remember the little stuff that used to bother you doesn't bother you as much now? You're getting cultivated by the word. Anything you face, you can overcome. Any idea, the enemy, you can overcome. I'm going to show you this, right? Look, he says, I will liken him unto a wise man. Keep going. Which built his house upon a rock. You see it? Watch this. What do you mean? Okay, so the guy that hears it and does it is wise, and he built his house upon the what? Upon a rock. Look at this. Excuse me. The rain came, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, but it fell not. Now watch this. You see this? And he was founded upon the rock. See that? Now watch 26. Everyone that hears these things of mine and doeth them not. He's a foolish man. You see that right there? So he said, here's the difference between the You want wisdom? You be a doer of the word. Write that down. Wisdom is being a doer of the word. That's all wisdom is. Are you being a doer of the word? Because if you're doing the word, you got wisdom. Amen? Who wants to be wise? Want to be wise? Just do what the word says. You'd be the smartest person in the room just doing what the Bible says. Well, I don't know if I want to do what the Bible says. Well, then be a dummy. The Bible says if you don't do what the Bible says, you're a fool. I didn't call you a fool. The Bible called you a fool. Well, I don't know if I'm going to go with the Bible. Okay, fool. Now, don't say nobody. Don't talk to nobody like that because it's rude. Come on, smile with me a little bit. It's rude. That ain't nice. Don't tell nobody, but just mark those people. 
Hi. That dude's a fool, but don't tell nobody, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why wouldn't you do the... He's telling you. This is easy. This is... Preaching's easy. Just read the Bible. <laughs> and everyone that hears he's saying to mine, okay, I, I paid attention to school. If you hear the sayings of Jesus and you don't do it, you're a fool. Got it? If you hear the Jesus stuff and you do it, you're wise. Okay, easy. A test. Just do what he says. Okay. Why? And which built his house upon the sand. So he's saying, you're building your house upon the wrong foundation if it isn't the word of God. And watch what he says here. I like this part. He said, the rain comes. Rain's coming for the rock house and the rain's coming for the sand house. The flood's coming for the rock house and the flood's coming for the sand house. The, look at The wind's blowing for the rock house and the sand house, blowing upon the house, and it fell. Why did it fall? Because it's on the wrong foundation. If you build your life on the word of God, your life will stand forever. But there's something on the inside, you got to flip the switch and go, I'm all in. I'm all in, man. You know what? And then your friends are going to tell you, I'm not as in as you are. Get new friends. Or just tell them, mind your business, and you be a fool, and I'm going to be wise. I don't know what to tell you, but don't let peer pressure. You know what's funny? People think this, this is going to be so good. You're going to like this. You might not like it, but praise just smile anyway. Um, people think kids just deal with peer pressure. Right? When you say peer pressure, you think of like some bully in school punching kids, which is evil. You shouldn't do it. Come on, right? But adults deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, if you hang out with the crew, you can't talk like that. Well, get a new crew. You know exactly what I'm saying. Well, I want to be with everybody else. You're going to notice something in life. You really, if you really pay attention, I'm going to go to the next thing. You're going to notice something in life. People that really got it together don't usually hang out in big crowds. Thanks for the amen. Praise God. <laughs> they don't hang out in big crowds. They got, they got a small smoker. A small smoker. This circle. I'm like smoker. Right? They got, <laughs> that sounds like I said a smoker. Right? They got a small circle. It's real small. I felt the anointing hit me when I said that, though. <laughs> My head gets all messed up sometimes. I get a little loopy. Woo! You know why? Because think about it, it gets lonely. It's lonely. The closer you get to Jesus, the lonelier you are. Can I help you? The closer you get to him, the less understood people will understand you. I don't want to make you spiritually weird because you're not. But the closer you get to him, you can't talk to most people. Because people don't really want to know about him. But there's a close circle that wants to know about them. And that's why you stay close. You'll see it. It's cool, right? But don't worry. Take that as a bunny trail. We'll talk about that deeper, deeper week. Right? Write this down, right? The second principle of enduring is this. you got to stay in the word. It makes sense. Watch this. Check this out. In, in Hebrews 11.27, I really want you to see the life of Moses. Can you go to Hebrews 11.27? It's really important because Moses had it all, but he gave it all up for the word. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he what? Endured as seeing whom he is invisible. What did he see? He seen something, even though he could have had everything. He could have he had, had a palace mentality, amen? But he chose to give it up for the word of God, amen? Because he was following the plan of God. And he chose to see the invisible, even though he could have been in the house of the blessing. But he got a greater blessing by leaving it. It made sense. It, it doesn't make sense. Because no one can understand something now. He's, he's, he's blessed. He's been basically adopted into the blessing. Not the blessing of God, but the blessing of man. If you understand the story about Moses, we're not going to be, for time's sake, amen? Y'all know what happened to Moses. Put him in a little basket, let him go floating down the river, amen? 
and God preserved him and brought him into the king's palace, amen? Could have lived a great life, but he chose to forsake it, to go after an invisible crown. Some, some people are too scared to walk away from what they could see and follow what they cannot see with the natural eye. You got to sometimes give something up to go after. It don't make no sense when you're doing it. You think it's made sense? He's leaving this perfect setup, but he leaves. Why? Because he endured. Listen to this. Where he saw this, Moses forsook, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing whom he was invisible. Moses' faith was related to the unseen. If you are going to hold out, the unseen world has got to be more real to you than the seen realm. You get that? If you're going to endure the unseen realm, you start talking about this stuff and people look at you like you're crazy. What do you mean you're, 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 you're believing God and you're expecting promises and, 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 and you're speaking the word and you're calling those things that be not as though they are? And what are you talking about? But I got news for you. You got to be able to see the unseen realm in the midst of the seen realm because the unseen realm is more real. You know, the Bible says that. But here's what I want. You got to be able to see that word so real in the midst of when you got married problems it don't look like you're going to make it another week, but you can hang on to nothing even though it says like, hey, I don't know, but we can do it, amen? Or the kid is living like God knows what, and you got to stand there and say, well, this word's more true than your activity right now. i got to believe what I don't see because what I don't see is what encouraging me because what I'm seeing is discouraging me right now. You got to. You got to. And most people say, well, you know, I don't know if I want to do that. Well, you got to do it. It's life. Amen? Here's the thing. Stay in the Word. Don't, don't take five minutes off of this thing. I'm telling you, right? Stay in the Bible. Read it. Meditate it. Believe it. Live it. Ask the, now, here's a big one. Ask the Holy Spirit. Write this down. Ask the Holy Spirit to make the Word of God real to you. I, we ain't talking enough. You guys are talking to everything except God. You know what I'm saying? I want you in the car talking to God. Talk, talk about every, Talk about your hurts, your pains, your ups, your downs. Ask questions. God, show me in the word. God, ask questions. I'm telling you, ask questions. He'll answer them. He might not answer them right then and there, but he's going to answer them. Say, God, I don't know this. He'll talk to you. He'll find a way that he'll get somebody to talk to you. He'll get, I'm telling you, listen to me, you'll find something, hear something, know something, read something. Somebody will say something. Ask questions. You're in the car. Get off the phone, some of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you got to be on the phone. I understand that. You know what I mean? I do a lot of work on the phone. But here's the thing. Give God some time. Start asking questions. Ask questions. God, what's going on here? What were you trying to say with that word over there? What were you talking about? Ask questions. Talk to God all day. All day. You're working in the shop. Talk to God all day. Take a minute. Pop out. Ask questions. Go back to doing what you're doing. He made you to communicate with him. That's why you're on the earth. You're here to fellowship with God. You're here to communicate with God. If God, if you don't start talking to God, God ain't going to start talking to you. It's a conversation. If I don't call Paul up, you know, Paul, if I want to talk to Paul, I got to call him. I was like, uh, why isn't he calling me? Call him. Why ain't God speaking to me? What's the last time you asked him a question? He might take you right back to the word. The number one way you hear from God is in the word. Sustain that word. Just keep your devotional going. But do this, but ask questions. Because here's the thing. If I'm going to endure, I got to be, if you're going to endure, write this down. If I'm going to endure, I got to be able to see a world that you can't see with the natural eye. If I'm going to endure, I got to be able to see a world you don't see with the natural eye. It's unseen. But it's seen with the eye of faith. How are you seeing with faith? Easy. The word. Okay? 
We're working on this. You see this? And here's a big one, right? Write this down. Don't quit, man. Don't quit. When, if you fail, get up. Man, failure is not fatal and failure is not final unless you don't get back up. You know what I'm saying? How, who hasn't had a setback in here? You know what I'm saying? Who hasn't had a, 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 a faith project look like it went erupt? You know what I'm saying? Who, who's, who's sitting here today and everything worked out just the way you thought it was going to work out? Come on, man. Who, who's been in here? You know what I mean? Failure is not fatal. Failure is not final. And I'm going to tell you right here and now, failure, failure ain't really failure. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I failed. Well, you just found out one way not to do it. You didn't really fail. You're just finding out different ways that don't work. You see what I'm saying? So it's like uh, the, the people look at setbacks like they're devastating. I, I, I think I've learned more in life by what not to do than by learning what to do. Isn't that true? You get in business and you learn what not to do, so you learn how to get better. I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't like 10 out of 10. You know, you're like six out of four, and you're like, okay, those are the four things we are never doing again. You know what I mean? These are the six things we know, right? It's like a working progress, isn't it? And I didn't learn, and anybody I learned from, I don't want to sound mean, but I learned more from watching what they should not have been doing than by what they should be doing to become a greater leader. So really, the people in my life that have let me maybe down the most maybe taught me the greatest. So is it failure or is it all learning? It's all learning, man. How many had those projects with God? You know, God's like, no, and you said yes, and then God told you no, and then you thought, you're, you thought no was maybe, and you still pushed it a little bit, and then you found out no meant no with a double no, 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 no. And now next time you go back to ask God, you go, God, and he goes, yes, and you go, maybe you really mean no, God. I've been through this before. I'm really not too quick to go, yes. Let's just sit on this a little while and make sure your yes is your yes. And not that you question God, but you question your ability to hear. So you go, let me just stay a little longer in yes. You sure, you're sure, you're sure? Like, pull the Moses. Like, I'm not going if you don't go before me. And if you go before me, I'll go. But if you don't go before me, I ain't going. I got nothing but time because I'm not really in a rush here, God. So take your time. You've been developed by almost the process of missing it more than you've ever been developed by the process of hitting it right every time. So go slow with the lack of understanding maybe in the moment and go, you know what? I'm in a good place, man. I'm movable, but don't quit. That's a big one, man. That's a big one. Don't you quit. And don't let the good life jack you up. You better pay attention to me. People are easy to lean on God when they got stuff going on. Then things start getting good, and now you forget what you need to make it to the next season of life. Don't let the good life jack you up. Stay in this thing. I told you your future is going to be happy. Your fu- let me tell you guys, I've been doing this for a minute. Your future is going to be happy. Your future is going to be sad. You're going to have ups, downs, dings. Pains, hurts, guess what? It's coming. But guess what? He stays the same. So we can navigate through all of it, even though every season ain't going to be great. We're all going to have it, amen? So notice, that word will get you through, amen? But don't quit. That's the big one. Don't you quit. Why? Here's the thing. Remember this. This is important, right? I like this. Can you go, um, um, David said it in Psalm 37, 23, and 24. It's the new King James, if we have it. 
David said it in Psalm 37, 23, 24. The first, he says, while we're finding that, this, the first important and simple thing, don't, when you fail, don't give up. Others have failed before you, and I'm one of them like everybody else sitting next to you. One of the devil's most cleverest tricks is this. Pay attention. One of his clever tricks is to convince you that you are a failure and that you might as well give up. Look at me and write down what I said. The devil's number one. You're a failure and he wants you to give up. Don't you do it. He'll try to tell you that God has given up on you. Don't believe him. He's a liar. You think you can't listen to the devil? Did you understand what I just said? I'll read it again so you get it, okay? Okay? You, you ready for that? Okay. Others have fallen. I failed. Everybody sitting next to you failed. We all got faith failures. We got mistakes. Uh, this is not a reciprocation. Like just, you know, the church sometimes gives you this goofy, just stay messed up. No, 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 no. God teaches you how to grow up and not stay messed up. This is not the broken gospel. This is the gospel puts you together whole gospel, okay? Now listen, though. I got setbacks. Hello? Everybody in this room's got setbacks. Seasons where you had a setback. God's always working on the comeback, so don't you worry about it, amen? And some of you, oh yeah, that's a good one right here. You ready for this? Some of you hit a setback because you had goofy people in your life making bad decisions that have affected you. I'm not metal. I'm a metal right now, okay? Because this, this is important. This is important. This is very important. I hit a vein. I'm in a vein right now. I said good call it a bunny trail. This is where I got to stay focused. Ready? You were doing life and other people's stupid decisions, evil decisions, wayward decisions, ungodly decisions have now correspondingly affected your life. It's not fair. I understand that. You understand that? But guess what? It's going to happen to everybody. You understand that? I don't know why. I ain't here to figure it out. Some people just flat out evil. It's the God's honest truth. I don't want to have the, I'm not going to put them in my palm because I ain't spooning out judgment. Let God, that book, let me tell you, God's going to judge everybody one day. Trust me right here now. That's why you want to be in the kingdom. That ain't none of my business. I ain't going to spoon feed judgment out because I don't need that stick coming back hitting me in the head. But, but just hear me. Sometimes life deals you deals that are not fair, but that word can get you through. You see what I'm saying? I don't know why. I have no idea why. I don't know why, and you're never going to find out why. Stop asking the why. Just understand the overcome. And if God tells you the why, go for it. You understand what I'm saying? Stay in this word. You see what I'm saying? Other people's actions have now what? Damaged you. So now I got to put me back together because of other people's influences in life. Some, what you mean, preacher? Somebody stopped loving you a decade ago. How do I know why? Somebody quit on you. Somebody walked out. Somebody hurt you. Somebody did something evil. I don't know, but it happens. But that word can put you back together. Is it fair? Ain't nothing fair. There ain't nothing fair about that. Life ain't fair. But that word can put you back together. You see it? It'll put it back together. How's it going to do that? It's a miracle book. It's living. It's alive. Watch this. Though they stumble, uh, NLT, that's good. They will never fail, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Woo-hoo. You see that? That's a good one, Mom. She found a good one. But though they stumble, they will what? Never fall. See that? You ain't going to fail. You ain't going to fall. Watch 25. Watch this. Once I was young and now I'm old. 
Yet I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. Woo, come on, somebody. The prophet said it. I was young and old. You ain't going to fail. You ain't going to fall. You ain't going to fail. You fail forward. You understand what I mean by that? You ain't going to fail. You're learning. You might fall down. You get a, what do you say? A good man. Donnie McClurkin been singing that song for decades. We fall down. We get up. <laughs> you don't know that one? Who don't know that song? Somebody better sing it today. They know how to sing it. Can you sing it? I don't know. Sonny, sing it in second service. Lindsay, can you sing that? Can you sing like Donnie? No, not a lot of people can sing like Donnie. Amen. But you know what I'm saying? He fell down and get up. Don't you lay on the floor. Get up. Here, you're going to have to fight the fight of fate. Put that together right there. Write that down. Y'all know that, 2 Timothy 4, 7. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept my faith. That's 2 Timothy 4 and 7. You gotta, that's what he said. He said this. He said, here's a big thing. You've got to fight the fight of faith. Does that make sense? I know I say this stuff, but it's good for you to hear it again. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I know I got to fight the fight of faith. Well, guess what? What do you mean you got to fight the fight of faith? You got to fight the fight of faith. Where do you think the fight of faith comes in? When you got pressure. You don't have to, come on, life is easy when there ain't no opposition, but when the opposition shows up, now you got to fight. It's easy for me to walk around and go, oh, yeah, I'm just chilling out. Then all of a sudden, somebody stands before you and says, I'm trying to stop you from where you're going. Now I got to fight. Man, come on. Look, come on, guys. If you're walking outside and there's nobody in front of you and you're just walking in the cool of the day, just chilling out like, oh, it's a beautiful day in Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm having You got any opposition? No. Somebody jumps out of the bush and says, hey, give me your wallet. Now you got to fight. You didn't have a fight a minute ago, but some dipstick shows up trying to take something that's yours. Now you got to fight. Wait a minute, you notice something about a fight in the natural? Seems like somebody's trying to take something from you, huh? You got to fight a spiritual battle, amen? That devil's trying to come take your peace. Jesus, Jesus did it best, and that's where I was taking you. Jesus shows up in Luke chapter 4, amen? And in Luke 4, y'all know the story. You don't got to go there, but right he goes, he, he, he went in there, and Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me. But you understand that all throughout the gospel, Jesus had, some, Jesus had some challenges. But one of the greatest challenges Jesus had, he fasts 40 days and 40 nights, right, up out of the river Jordan. He gets led into the wilderness, amen, and gets tempted to the devil. He's fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Hello? And then here come the tempter. And he said, he's, now watch this now. Now pay attention. Don't go slipping away. Jesus just comes up out of the river Jordan. Okay, and earth speaks. He sees John the Baptist. John goes, oh, my God, you're the Messiah. You're the, you're, you're the Lord. You're the Christ. He said, baptize me. We all know that. We were there, right? He said, baptize who? He said, baptize me. He said, you got to be kidding me. I'm not worthy to latch your shoe. You're the Christ. He said, no, baptize me, fulfill righteousness. The Bible says that Jesus went into water. He come up out of water. What happened? Y'all know what happened. I've talked about it before. All the earth heard. He said, that is my son in whom I'm well Please, I'm pleased with my boy because he's following direction and he's following righteousness, amen? He's fulfilled righteousness. The minute he comes up and gets verbally affirmed from heaven, he gets led into the wilderness by God. Now, why did God, if God's a good God, why did he lead Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil? Well, for us. But I got, I got news for you. Some seasons of life you're going to go through, 
you got to go through to get to the other side to get the blessing. This ain't always going to be easy. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be some stuff you're going to have to push through and press through. But I like this, right? The minute Jesus gets there, what happens? He's tempted of the enemy. And the enemy says, if, now this is the biggest one. I love this part. If you are the son of God, take that stone and turn it into bread. What's the first thing the enemy does? Challenges him in the arena of what his father called him to be. Identification. He fights him on it. He said, if you are, well, didn't you hear heaven just say I am? Devil don't care what God said about you. He's going to try to out-talk you about what God said about you. He's going to try to tell you something different than what he said about you. And if you don't know what it says about you, you better go find out. Because it ain't up to him. It's up to you to know who you are. He said, if you are the son of God, take that stone and turn it into bread. He said, it's written. It's written. Man ain't going to tempt the Lord thy God for every word that he proceeded out of his mouth. That's my food. What's he doing? He's answering the devil's lies with the word of God. As he comes to him mentally to say, this is who you are. He says, no, I ain't going to listen to you and who you say I am. And he shut him down with the word of God in his mouth. You understand this? Now, listen, you got to put the word of God in your mouth. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, it says it's the sword of the spirit. What do you mean a sword? There's a sword in your mouth called the word of God. See it? You got to speak the word. When the enemy speaks to your mind, you got to speak the word of God coming out your mouth, out of your mouth. Now, listen, you say, what? Now, I got stuff on it. Come to this faith summit. I got stuff for that. Make your head spin. Because, really, seriously, until the word of God is in your mouth, I don't even know if you got faith for it. It's the truth. Until there's agreement in your mouth, I don't even know you really believe it. I'm going to show you in this summit, I'm going to show you something here. You got to be doing a lot more talking than you guys are talking. Three times the speaking. You know, Brother Hagin said that with Mark 11, 23 and 24. He said, whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe whatsoever he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. He said it's three times the speaking, one time the believing. We put the emphasis on the believing, but he put the emphasis on the speaking. Say unto the mountain, be thou removed. Be thou cast in the sea, shall not down as But shall say unto the mountain, shall say unto the mountain, shall speak the word. See what I'm saying? Speak. You got to get more speaking. One time believing, three times the speaking. See what that means? It means he believed in his heart, but he said move, mountain. You got to go, mountain. You got to start talking about it. Don't get quiet. When you're getting quiet, the enemy's playing with your mind. Amen? He's trying to get you. He's trying to get you. He's trying to press you in the arena of your mind. To get your mouth to shut up. It's the greatest season of your life. And you say, why does it happen to me in certain seasons? Because that's the season of growth. I promise you this. You want to hear something? You got two minutes? You know where to read that. Go home and read Matthew. You can see all about Jesus. You can read about all that in Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord came on. You can find it in all the gospel accounts. But you want to see something even better? I'm going to say something here. You ain't going to like it, but trust me, I know what I'm doing. You know those seasons you get pressed in, pressed down, pressed out, almost depressed, shot out, don't feel like you want to get up, don't want to speak, don't want to come to church, don't want to be bothered, don't, don't really care, feel like quitting? You know those seasons? That's your greatest season of growth. Don't miss your moment. I sat in this thing for four days one time. I'll give you a story. I'll tell you right here now. I knew it was God. I fasted and prayed to get an answer. I said, I don't want to do jack. 
And four days, five days later, I popped out the other side and thought I had victory. God said, you didn't get victory. You got grace. My grace got you out. You should have been speaking a word. I was developing you into strength, and now you got to go through the process again. God is not mean, but he's very, very developmental. Very developmental. The God we're talking about, we have to understand. He said, what are you saying? I said, I wanted to eat ding-dongs, eat Doritos, and watch TV. God goes, yeah, I know. Because I just wanted to check out for a while because it was in the thing. But he, I got, and I got out four days later. It was like, boop, I came out. I was like, yay, I'm out. Yeah, praise God. We got a breakthrough. He said, you didn't get a breakthrough. You got a grace through. My grace got you through. It was sufficient. But you know what I needed you doing? I said, what was that? He said, I needed you firing those scriptures out of your mouth. But you didn't. I'm picking on me. Mind you, everybody mind their business. I'm not talking about you today. I'm helping you understand what you got to do if you want to do it. This is 101 spirit. This is the Harvard of spirituality. This ain't pablum. This is big boy girl stuff. Big boys and girls can handle it. Little boys and girls want to go home early. Big boys and girls want to stay late. All the tired people, you little boy, go home. All the big boys, stick around and stay. Pay attention. I'm helping you understand something. I said, God, what did you say? He said, you graced your way out. He said, because you checked out or doing what you knew you should have been doing, but you'll do it again. And I said, I got it. What you want me? How are you going to develop without pressure? Put you on a weight bench and let me put 25 pounds on there. You push it. Let me see how endured you are. Put 225 on there and push it. I bet you you're struggling a little bit. More resistance, the more the growth. You got to grow in resistance. You don't grow with no pressure. You grow. When you feel like doing nothing and you go, I feel like I'm losing my mind. But if God be for me. Who could be against me? And you feel like quitting, and you feel like not doing nothing, and you, got, and you don't even want to get up, but you get up and say, uh, whosoever shall say unto that mountain, be that I did it one time in Bible school. I sat there, and the devil said, you think this is really going to work, all this stuff you're doing in Bible? And I was reading the Bible, and I got up, and I paced the floor of that little bedroom and said, it, it, uh, whoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast to sea, shall not down his heart, but shall believe whatsoever he said, shall come out, he'll have whatsoever he said. And I went back, and I started reading the book, and the devil said, you think it's really going to work, whatever you're thinking? I don't remember even what it was, Paul. I can't even remember what it was. And I said, I got up again out of the bed, I said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not down. And I went and laid back down, you know, I'm reading my little books for Bible school, and the devil said, you, you better go home, boy. And I jumped up again and said, whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not down his heart, but shall believe whatsoever he says, shall come to pass. And I went back, and I was reading, I don't know what I was reading, new thresholds of faith, there's nothing. And you know what I said? I got up again, and I got up again, and I got, why I get up again? Because I heard Jerry Seville say one one time, I stood on the bathtub with the Bible in my hand, and I confessed it and decreed it and spoke it. I heard Brother Hagin say, the devil told me, stop praying, boy. I prayed four and a half hours, and I told him, I'll wear you out before you wear me out. I started listening to these guys that did it before. And you know what it took? It takes what you don't want to do to overcome. Not because I was smart. I just said, if they did it, baby, I can do it. I said, what you say, Brother Egan? He said, I kneeled down on the side of the bed, and I prayed in the spirit. And the devil said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And he said, I'm, you shut your mouth, or I'll pray another hour. He said, I doubled up, and I kept praying. I heard them all talk like that. And I said, there's going to come a day in your life where you stand up at the test of time. They tell them I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. 
get up with that Bible and just keep speaking it. Just keep speaking it. And then there's a day you draw that line in the sand. You say, hey, I've been, I might be pressed in my mind, but the word's coming out of my mouth. And some days you feel like you're crawling, man. You got like one little finger. Like, <sighs> man, I sat in the balcony of that place, thought I was losing my mind. I thought I was shot out, man. Jesus told me the strongest thing he ever told me in my life. My hair and my neck stood up. My, I started sweating. I don't know what in the world was going on. He said, I felt shot out, bro. I was so done. I was done. I'm being straight. I'm telling you, I was done. I was in the balcony, sitting in the balcony. I literally was like, I was like, I'm so jacked up. I felt like almost un, unfit for the moment. Shameful. You know what I mean? I didn't do nothing wrong, but you just feel like, I can't do this, man. I just, I really did. I was like, man, I don't know if I could do this. Not stay with Jesus, but carry something for a generation. Or just even walk with the Lord for some of you. This is the strongest thing you ever spoke to me. I'm sitting in the balcony and I'm going. <sighs> and I felt so just shot out. Like shameful or sh I don't know what I was. I was just messed up. Messed up, bro. Like just messed up. I don't know what was wrong. My head was all goofy. I wasn't sinning or nothing. But I just felt jacked up. i never forget it. And all of a sudden I could feel the power of God come on me. My hair on my neck, on the back of my neck, stood up, and it felt like a blanket came over me. And I heard these words. He said, when I see your sin, because I felt like I missed the mark, and when I see your shame, when I go to cover my eyes, I see you through the holes in my hands, and there is no blame. I said, what did you just say to me? I can't, I ain't that smart to think stuff like this. He said, when I see, when, he goes, when I see your sin and when I see your shame, my inability to be what I thought I was supposed to be, when I go to cover my eyes, he said, I see you through the holes that are in my hands. And there is no sin. There's no shame and there's no blame. Man, the power of God hit me. I said, you this good, Jesus. It's not your ability. It's his ability. But sometimes we look at our ability and we feel inadequate for him. Or we feel like we missed the mark. You ain't never missed it with Jesus. Not a day in your life. Because when you don't look like you measure up, he just looks through these little holes in his hands. He sees you. He sees you. And he said, when I see it, don't worry about it. I took care of it, baby. <laughs> when I see what you're not, I took it for you, kid. I took it for you. So you don't have to take it. That doesn't make you want to run away. That makes you want to serve him. Makes you want to be more like him. Amen? Come on, stand up on your feet. You did great this morning. Amen? Be encouraged because you guys are doing awesome. And don't you quit. Don't you quit. Don't you ever quit. As long as you keep coming, for, as long as you keep moving, we keep, but don't you quit. There ain't no quitting in the kingdom. Ain't no quitting in the kingdom. Amen? Can't quit. You got to just keep, just, you might not, listen, we might just maintain, but don't you quit. Might go a little lateral, but don't you quit. You just keep moving, 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 moving. We'll get there. Amen. Lift your hands to heaven. Just thank him. He's such a good God. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Lord, for overcoming in each and every one of our lives and helping us be everything we could possibly be. We know that your blessing has rested upon us. And we believe and we expect everything you said you will do, you will do. And just you guys lift your hands to heaven. Just say this. Dec decree this out of your mouth. Say, Jesus, thank you for helping me overcome. Teach me how to be an overcomer. Thank you, Lord. I walk in your faith, and I walk in your love. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everybody said...
Amen. God bless you guys. You're dismissed. Hey, Wednesday night, I might start kicking into this new series. I don't know what I'm doing yet. But Sunday, hey, listen, Sunday we're in a brand new thing. It's going to be based upon the authority of God. So I want you to be in here. It's going to be a real good window next month. It's going to be powerful. Amen. Let's come in here and learn more about it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.